As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. You're listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, where you get valuable information you just can't find anywhere else. To thrive in today's trying times, you need the Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and get your free newsletter and gift. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz, and it is Thursday, September 23rd. Well, if you're like me, you've probably been looking for more yield, ways to get a higher return on your investment, uh, something that I've been talking to a number of people about, and that is uh, investing in mobile home parks. No, it's not like what you see in the movie where there's a bunch of uh, meth cooking going on and uh, drug addicts in uh, various stages of uh, of of uh, personal destruction. No, no, the reality is much more different. But if you listen to the media, you believe a lot of things that aren't true. So if you're interested in this, you think it might be for you, why don't you send me an email to kl at kerrylutz.com. And right now with us again is Charlotte Dunford. And Charlotte, uh, hey, this has become your mainstay here for quite some time. And uh, Jones Creek Capital, uh, it's kind of your baby. So what's going on with the uh, mobile home market? Are you uh, running out of places to invest or or what? Yeah, thank you for having me on, on the show. Um, yes, so Jones Creek Capital is my baby. And uh, we are actively sourcing deals and investing in this market, especially in our niche which is focused on most small to medium level mobile home parks. Um, it is a, I would call it almost a completely different asset class than what, you know, a lot of investors focus on, which is they only focus on parks with 100 lots and above uh, for obvious reasons, economy of scale. But for our niche, we do have uh, many, many advantages. And the reason why I love this niche that we're in this niche is because we are able to acquire parks at an incredible cap rates in great markets at 
8% cap rate and above. Um, that is why this niche is um, often overlooked and a lot of times ignored. So as of now, we are just really rapidly acquiring deals, um, primarily focused on the Midwest and the Southeast due to its high cap rates and great meat on the bone left uh, for investors. And this industry is consolidating. It is harder to find deals, but in our niche, it is still a lot of room to grow. I would say we are in the beginning 20% of the timeline of the curve of this niche, this particular niche within a niche market already in the mobile home park industry. Well, now we talked last time uh, as far as uh, communities inviting in a new mobile home parks. Uh, that's a very rare situation. They're just, it's kind of like a uh, beachfront property. They're just not making anymore, are they? Exactly. You're 100% right. Um, I think the biggest challenges for any mobile home park developer is the zoning and uh, the county zoning law uh, offices. Uh, the primary reason for that is tax because of taxes. And a lot of times cities consider them an eyesore and they do not really want mobile home parks. And just the stigma around it um, make, means that developing new mobile home park is extremely difficult. And we, we believe that, um, that this is... Uh, we believe this to be true that uh, once the mom and pop mobile home parks um, are, are 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 consolidated, there's not much more money to, to left. Um, but I, I will believe that that statement is is kind of half true because there is always going to be a need for affordable housing, and uh, as long as the human need for shelter exists, uh, the real estate business will exist, and as long as real estate exists, uh, the need for a less expensive housing option would exist. That is the affordable housing option. So. Um, because of the zoning requirements and it's extremely expensive to develop new parks, um, and that is why the supply of mobile home parks is kind of fixed, um, which means the demand is ever growing and the supply is actually always, uh, um, you know, there's a shortage as always. Um, that's why this, this industry is making a big comeback. So I read an article in uh, Zero Hedge, not that it's a uh, perfect source of information by any stretch, but they said that inadvertently the government is uh, making it, uh, is indirectly causing uh, people to be evicted from mobile home parks because uh, as a result of government policies, uh, rentals are going up, it becomes less affordable, and therefore uh, the tenants can't pay. And and then they wind up being evicted. What's your experience in this? Right. So during the pandemic, it's actually really interesting. Johns Creek Capital was created. Well, we, we started acquiring parking in 2019. We were created in 2020. So we kind of grew with the pandemic. So COVID started when we started and we grew with COVID. So we really haven't, um, if, 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 you know, we, we really, you know, went, went through a lot of uh, this. It's been a quite a journey going through the pandemic, the pandemic being in this industry. So I would say that, uh, you know, evictions has been uh, well, there, there has been a halt on the evictions because of the moratorium and the, the government's policies would definitely I wouldn't say that it, it stops tenants from being able to. To, to, to pay, I would actually argue that the government uh, agencies have been issuing quite a bit of rental uh, rental assistance to tenants in mobile home parks. So 
throughout this time, actually, uh, when non-payment becomes an issue, because when times get really tough, tenants at mobile home parks sometimes cannot afford to pay rent because they don't have, they, they're not working anymore. So in that case, the governments, um, the local authorities, state programs actually have a lot of assistance for uh, mobile home park tenants um, to assist them in this housing crisis. So we, we've received quite a bit of rental assistance funds from governmental agencies uh, to help those tenants. And we are obviously um, able to, um, we're willing to help tenants who are willing to help themselves. So we actually, sometimes sometimes we apply on the tenant's behalf. Um, so in, in a way, the mobile home park industry um, is um, actually sort of protected from, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword. So the, the policies can make or break you. In, in our case, um, it has been, it has, we have, there, there, there are definitely pros and cons to um, what the government, the government's role in, in this whole pandemic. All right. So uh, what about the tenant wise, as far as when you do have vacancies, uh, what is the process like uh, filling those vacancies? Are you like inundated with uh, prospective tenants? Right. So when there is a vacancy, because we do not own those homes, in the most cases, the tenants own those homes. We own the parking lot. So sometimes tenants move away and they're vacant, but they still pay the parking lot because their home is still parked there. They would not want you to you know, destroy their home. Just like if you park a park in the parking lot just because they're not sitting in the car, doesn't mean that you don't have to pay for parking. You still do. So in that case, that would be the best case scenario for us. But in, in many cases, they do not pay and they just kind of abandon the home. In that case, the best thing that we can do is to contact the tenant and try to have the tenant sell the home to us at, at almost zero dollar or just give the home to us or have them connected to a mobile home park. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, a mobile home investor and have that tenant sell the home to that investor so that uh, the investor now becomes a new tenant, which, you know, parks on our lot and we receive a lot run. At the end of the day, we do not want to, you know, get into the fixing furnace business. We are in the, you know, parking lot business. So um, that would be the second best option. The third option, which is pretty, pretty common as well, is to um, just, uh, there's a huge long process. This is going to be very time consuming is that you go through the court system and um, you try to evict this tenant, this, this, this home as if it was a tenant. And um, you ask this tenant to remove his belongings from our parking lot, which is our mobile home park. And if he does not, the court issues an order. And uh, just like you would evict any, any tenant from any other housing option. So that, process takes the fastest six months. So it would be a very time consuming process. After the tenant is evicted, we have a process to go through with the courthouse to uh, repossess the home and get the title in our name, fix it up, rent it out. And that is, uh, you know, like, like, like you can, you can tell it's very, very time consuming. So that would be the least desirable option. So that's to be avoided if at all possible, right? Exactly. But that is an option yeah. and it is viable, but it's just extremely uh, time consuming. We would try to avoid it at all costs. Sometimes it's just better to leave it alone and try to uh, um, connect the tenant with a buyer than trying to do everything by yourself because you will be better off for focusing your resources on um, things that will yield better profits. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So... <laughs> 
But uh, I assume your screening process is pretty rigorous and you don't have a lot of these uh, situations coming about. Don't just survive, thrive. The Financial Survival Network. Torque Resources is an exploration company establishing a portfolio of premier copper gold early stage projects in Chile. Torque's management and technical teams have a strong track record of raising capital, discovery, and monetization of exploration successes. The company's Margarita Copper Gold project is located within the prolific coastal Cordillera Belt in Chile, which hosts some of the world's largest and most profitable copper mines. The Margarita project possesses excellent discovery potential for a major copper discovery due to the strength of the alterations system, large-scale magnetic targets, and the presence of copper oxide mineralization. Drilling is anticipated to begin in Q3 of this year. Torque trades in Canada under T-O-R-Q and on the OTC under T-R-B-M-F. To learn more, go to torqueresources.com. That's torqueresources.com. This is the Financial Survival Network, the information you need to thrive now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. The screaming process is extremely, extremely rigorous for us. And part of it is my personal experience. Um, so when I first started real estate investing, I just came out of college and I did not have a lot of experience doing tenants. So that was my first property. I was like maybe 24 years old. And uh, I just did not understand that it was extremely important to screen tenants. So the first tenants I've ever had that had to evict two months into the residency, they stopped paying and the eviction and the attorney costs, uh, you know, cost me probably added up to $10,000 and that I'm still (laughs) chasing after that money today. So that really taught me a lesson early on in my real estate journey to really screen your tenants and they're very, very difficult, uh, tough and specific um, qualification uh, criteria that we have for our tenant base uh, because especially the mobile home park business, right? Because uh, mobile home park, um, a mobile home tenant, a mobile home park tenant is more like a stakeholder in your business rather than just a tenant because they are kind of hooked up to your utilities and it's really hard for them to move. So to have a bad actor in your business, considering having a terrible person on, on your board or a bad actor on your board, how, imagine how damaging that would be for your business. So we are extremely, extremely strict with that process. And now that the biggest difficulty is not when we screen the tenants, it's when we inherit the tenant from the previous seller. And that way we kind of get what we get. That's why it's extremely important to do your due diligence and making sure that all tenants are, are, are solid. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. What's the average uh, rental? So they own their trailer, however they financed it, whatever, and then they're renting space from you effectively, right? Correct. Correct. So the national average is about $225 to $250. And that depends on the geography, of course. Here in the South, you can find parks in a kind of depressed markets for, you know, less than $100 in lot rents. And some in the Midwest, the number is close to 300. So it depends on the markets. That's the lot rents. On top of that, they pay, sometimes they pay for, depending on the utility structure, they pay for electricity, water, and sewer. Um, Sometimes we pay uh, for it and then we just bill it back to tenants. So actually two of the biggest value adds of a mobile home park um, asset is to raise increased rents upon acquisition. That's something we always do. And we we do it according to the state law and they would have to give proper notice. And we look at the market rents and we don't want to raise it more than $50 per 
uh, per year because that would be too much for tenants and you'll meet a lot of resistance. And uh, another thing is to build back utilities through master meter, uh, sorry, uh, sub metering, which is a value add uh, strategy that we have, we're currently carrying on in uh, some of our mobile home parks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so when you're buying, uh, seeking to acquire a new park, are you looking for value adds? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So we are looking for um, sometimes some cases light value add, some cases heavy value add. So um, for value add parks, it has to be um, there are certain we have a proprietary um, algorithm to sort out the deals and to determine if a deal passes. Uh, we have a scoring system. If it passes a certain score, uh, it, it will I will consider uh, we're considered pursuing it. So when we look at a park, it's usually um, it's, it can't have a um, extremely high vacancy, like 95% vacant. That's, you know, unless that's a, in an extremely good market in an opportunity zone, then that becomes a development project. In some cases, the local government actually quite keen on developing new parks because they have a need for affordable housing. But for most cases, we're looking at value adds, uh, light value and heavy value adds. Um, if you're looking at uh, light value add, the return is usually about 15% IRR to 18% IRR within three to five years of holding time. If it is a heavy value add, the return will be much higher, uh, would be a 20% and above. But then again, uh, that might take longer and, of course, higher risk and higher potential for reward. So I think it's just up to each individual investor on determining what works for them and what kind of their risk tolerance. Got it. So, you know, when you're uh, putting these deals together, you mentioned opportunity zones. Uh, have you done deals in opportunity zones before? Yes, we have. We have. Uh, we have done three deals in opportunity zones. Uh, two are in Kentucky, and those are development projects. And we got it for five percent of their appraised value. So extremely good deals. And another one that we have in Georgia here, uh, in 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 Georgia, and that is close to. Excuse the noise in the background. Uh, that is close to a power plant with extremely good uh, job opportunities. And that is also um, have worked quite well for us. So, yes, it's right. uh, yeah, definitely. All right. So if somebody wants to invest with you, uh, how does that work? I assume only accredited investors. Yes, I think we most mostly take accredited investors. But if you're not accredited and have relevant experience in investing or real estate, let's say if you're a real estate agent or um, someone with investing uh, experience or working finance, working real estate, working in related industries, that's okay too. But mostly accredited investors. And, uh, yes, and they, if they want to reach us, uh, the best way would be to go to our website at johnscreekcapital.com. Um, and uh, once you get to the website, there will be a contact form or um, you can call me directly at 470-265-0911. All right. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Any questions for Charlotte, shoot me an email to kl at kerrylutz.com. Don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. We just sent one out today and the title was... 10 things that you can expect prices to rapidly increase on. And uh, Charlotte, pleasure. We'll talk to you again and good luck with your projects. Thank you very much, Carrie. 
Thanks for listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, your solution to today's trying times. For the latest, go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.